Hey everyone, it's Lady A. And DJ. And welcome to the very first episode of Money, Romance, and Greed. Of course, I am your host, Lady A. And my co-host is... DJ. What's happening, DJ? How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. I'm so excited about our first episode. I mean, we've it's been a long time in the making, so... I am just really happy to get this out here for the world to see. So let's go ahead and get started. Today we are talking about... Amber Evans. Amber Evans. And so last week we let you guys know that Amber Evans is a um, juvenile justice coalition activist in Columbus, Ohio. She has been missing um, since January 28th, 2019. And co-workers report that the last time they actually saw her is when she left um, work early. And she said that she wasn't feeling well. She was caught on video at a um, local drugstore where she was seen picking up medication, like cold medicine, and like a snack, like a candy bar, things of that nature. Um, And she's just been missing ever since. Now, her car was found at the Scioto River, which is out here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, So, they did not see her. The police investigated. They did not see her. Her purse was in the trunk of the car. So, I mean, we've got a lot of information here. Um, Amber Evans is 28 years old. She is... 5'5 in height, and she is 122 pounds in weight, and she is missing, um, and we have no additional information. You know, DJ, one of the things that really kind of got me about this case is that it never made national news. I mean, like, I never saw it on, like, MSNBC or, you know, Good Morning America, the Today Show, no major outlets. Why do you think that is? Unfortunately, the cold hard truth is that she's a young black activist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we see it happen time and time again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in my humble opinion, I mean, it's just because that she's a black activist. Um, you have the notes there. Didn't it say that she um, actually had run-ins with the with the Columbus Police Department or she was an activist in regards to what now? Yeah, so, you know, just a little bit of background about Amber is that, first of all, she was an activist. Um, she was a part of and actively, at the time of her disappearance, worked for the Juvenile Justice Coalition, which is centered in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. She'd actually been an employee there since yeah. 2015. Now, recently, and this is just really an ironic situation, because recently she was just promoted um, in the Juvenile Justice Coalition to executive director. And and three weeks after her promotion, she went missing. So, you know, very strange in that area. But let's kind of get into her story, kind of talk through what happened that could have possibly led up to this this situation. So... As I mentioned before, Amber Evans um, disappeared on January 28th. She actually reported to work and she was not feeling well. Um, Sources say that she actually had a cold or she was under the weather. Um, So she opted not to attend an evening meeting that night. And so she told co-workers that she would be leaving and heading home to kind of get some rest and that sort of thing. Um, And as I just mentioned, she had actually stopped by a local convenience store 
I'm sorry, a uh, local drugstore. And she purchased some cold medication and like a snack for later on that evening. Um, some say on the video, it shows that she um, actually purchased like a candy bar. Now her mother is um, Tanya Fisher. Um, and so she was the last person in theory to talk to, um, to Amber. And it was really through text message where Amber on the, the very next, the same night, Amber actually sent her mother a text message. And it was actually, to be precise, on January 28th a at 8.07. A very disturbing text message said. All it said was, I love you and I'm sorry. What? And I'm like, okay, first she has a cold, she's leaving work, she's gonna... And according to the mom, uh, Amber's a talker. Amber is very much a talker. So that and was, being that's... a coalition leader, mm -hmm. being an advocate, you have to be, right? right? I mean, isn't that a part of their job? Exactly. And so, you know, and, 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 and Amber's mom, Tanya Fisher, also mentioned that any that her children... She has very the mandate. Very, very close. close. She mandated night. that every night they say, I'm home. Hey, mom, everything went great today. I'm fine. Just so that she knows because all of her children range in different ages. Mm -hmm. Amber is the oldest. And it was no different. It started right. with her and kind of trickled down. Right. right so, you know, and so that is just really weird. So then, you know, and then fast forwarding from that, <clears throat> her boyfriend named Mark who also lives here in Columbus they were together in a relationship for 10 years the mother uh, which is Tanya Fisher again she is very clear that um, you know Mark was always close with the family now see there's conflicting uh, reports in regards to that mm -hmm. Mark mm -hmm. was he because it also said um, again I don't have the paperwork in front of me it said, um, I read one report, he was close to the family. The other report said that he wasn't that close to the family. Correct. That is correct. And what the family does say is that they, and when I say they, I mean Amber Evans' mother, Tanya Fisher. She says that she didn't really, even though he came around the family, he was at all the events and kind of there with Amber. And he never made it a point to exclude himself except when he was working. So he was around. But she didn't know him like, let's sit down and talk to Mark. And so really, he was there, but him. he wasn't there. He would show up to the events, but be distant, but, I guess. But just, you know, hey, I'm Amber's boyfriend, and this is pretty much the extent of it. But it was a long-term relationship. So but they dated you know, for 10, 10 years. years. Right, they right. lived together. They were in an active relationship where they lived together, and... The family knew him. Right, right. Obviously, her, his and family knew him. Amber her. was an educated woman. Mm -hmm. We can't take nothing away from her. Um, what, a BA from where? Amber Ohio actually State, has uh, a BA in journalism from the Ohio State University, mm -hmm. right here in Columbus, Ohio, and a master's degree in library and information Spent sciences. time in Paris. Um, she did. She did. Working or? It, exactly. She did. But just, you know, for her background purposes, because mm -hmm. we're not just dealing with. And, and I don't want to take right, away from, from anybody, anybody that's missing. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's important that this To put woman, focus on that she was an activist. Exactly. This woman spent her entire life focusing on the justices of other people, in particular minorities, right? The African-American community. She was an African-American 
um, herself. Juvenile. Um, a she leader in juvenile children mm-hmm. And all of that. So I think that it is important that we do point out that she did have a BA in journalism from OSU. She had a master's degree in library and information scientist sciences from Kent State University. Mm-hmm. Um, she began student organizing in 2011 with a coalition to Occupy OSU, which is inspired by the Occupy Wall Street movement. And this information, by the way, you guys, comes directly from the Juvenile Justice of Ohio Coalition, where she was executive director. I mean, what better group of people to, to provide this information to the public, right? Exactly. I'm looking here. It says one of her first projects was actually House Bill 410, a state reform um, that forced dramatic limitations on the reliance of law enforcement to handle school-based disciplined issues like truancy, um, signed by Governor Kasich. So she was a bit of a heavyweight. Yeah, and to move on from that, I mean, she also went on to successfully stop the Stand Your Ground bill from becoming law in Ohio. That's huge. I was following for that. the fatal shooting of. The renowned 17-year-old Trayvon Martin incident that happened in Florida. Yes. And so, you know, I think, you know, I want to talk about that because... Thank you. This was such a major, major situation in the United States. It really divided a, a, a significant amount of people in terms of who's guilty, who's not guilty, who's at fault, who's not at fault. And other states started to expand out and try to adopt this law. Now, Lady A, you kind of went over it a little quick. I mean, obviously, I get it. I want to make sure that the folks understand what happened. What was she... What did she block? So she blocked in the state of Ohio on the ballot or as a part of the law that was stood to take place stand your the ground. stand your ground law. bill mm-hmm. they were they were going to incorporate it in, in ohio, ohio and make it law and she was the leading that if force you, and for anybody mm-hmm. who does not know what stand your ground is just mm-hmm. for those uh, listeners who are not aware stand your ground is a law that was originally adopted i don't want to say originally but was adopted in florida where if a person or if you felt threatened and a person put you in a position where you felt like threatened. your life was in imminent danger and you had a weapon, preferably a gun, to protect yourself because of this danger that you felt like was immediately in front of you, you had a right to shoot that person and not be tried or convicted for murder. AKA the law that got George Zimmerman um, George Zimmerman, released from prison. The encounter um, with Trayvon Martin. Countless others. George Zimmerman, countless others. Now, it has been very much disputed that this law is one-sided. Oh, it is. It, it gives people an opportunity, especially when you're talking whites mm-hmm. shooting blacks or whatever, um, police officers shooting um, victims or, you know, people, innocent people, they give them this window, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, for lack of a better exactly. word. To say, well, did you feel in that moment that you were being, your life was in imminent danger? And that really burns me up, Lady A. That makes me so damn mad. Yeah, um, it really does. Being in fear is anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I really get like this really hits close to home with the number of black deaths that we've seen over the couple of year past few years, several mm-hmm. years. I mean, it's a shame. The law needs to be outlawed and it's unjust and it's absolutely biased. And it's certainly not uncommon from what we've seen in um, in, in the local news of places like Florida, places like Ohio. I mean, we've seen police officers, California. We've seen police officers. We've seen people gun people down. I think in Florida, where we really know it to be a major point of defense, where a man was at a uh, convenience, a, a store. convenience store and mm-hmm. he was gunned down, right? And not to get off of what we're talking about with Amber, but I mean, just to kind of give you guys an idea of how this law right. That's really show. impacts. That's, That's a show. whole nother right. show. And we will get mm-hmm. to that, you guys. But, but I, I really want to bring To this bring back it back around to Amber. To Amber. She was she a driving force. That for Ohio. She did not want that law to be in Ohio. She organized, she rallied, and the... And, and, and subsequently, it was shot it down. It was shot down. Point period. That's it. Major, major. And really, Needless I would love to, say, to believe, I know the Justice Coalition has never said this, but I would love to believe that that major movement of Amber Evans really solidified that she is more say. than qualified to be executive director. And needless to say, she ruffled a few feathers doing that. Oh, she <laughs> made a lot of people you upset. Know Let's Boone. talk about we that. Love Boone. Yep. And you know what? That's the perfect segue into talking about what happened after this whole situation went down. So, you know, one of the things that we learned in our research is that two days after um, Amber went missing, the evening, well, I would say the day after the evening that Amber went missing. Back up, back up, back up, Lady A. Um, Amber leaves work. She leaves work sick with the cold or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Pick up from there. So Amber leaves, she's sick, she's not feeling well, she opts not to attend an evening meeting with the rest of the team. That's odd. She's going home, she is going to take some medicine, she's going to try to do it again tomorrow morning, and I know we can all relate to that, right? Oh, for sure. So... Her mom receives an email. Well, before that, she was spotted on video at a local... um, CVS or whatnot, we don't know, Walgreens, Walgreens, uh, drugstore. Drugstore. Picking up cold medication and a snack. Right. right? Later on at 8.07 p.m. And this is from the words of her mother, Tanya Fisher. She texts her mother and says, I love you and I'm sorry. It. That's it. That's all. Mom. And as a parent myself, I know you're looking at me. looking at it like, what? Oh, my God. Zero to a hundred. Off the top, that quick. So as a parent, the mom hits back and says, sorry for what? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Fast forward that. Shortly after Amber sends that text message to her mother, Amber's boyfriend, Mark, called Amber's mother. Yeah. Right? Because this is going to get a little bit tricky. Yeah. He calls Amber's mother crying. And he says, oh, my God, Amber is gone. She left me. I'm sorry to be slurring my words. So back to back. So the mother gets an email, supposedly text message or whatnot from Amber. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I love you. 
Moments after that, the boyfriend. Oh, she left me crying. I'm drunk? I'm slurring my words because I've been drinking too much. Oh, yeah, what? He drank everything into in the house, according to Tanya Fisher, which is Amber's mother. Okay? Deep okay, cry. That's... Deep emotional cry. So, here's the thing. Okay, let's talk about crying. He's you drunk. can cry, right? Like, oh my God, I'm distraught that my girlfriend, after 10 years... She loved me. And I couldn't even probably say you could be like really like drunk. Okay. I'm going to drink you didn't call the my mom. problems away. You didn't call the mom before you start drinking? And what is with the deep, deep, deep cry like you already know she's I'm going to tell you. You know what that deep cry is for? Yeah, he did it. I, I, I'm sorry. He very I fishy. I agree. I don't think We don't that. know for a fact. We're not going to do and that. we're not but accusing Mark. The deep cry, you know that. Right. Like, I'm sorry. And I, yeah, and I'm I fine. Just, I try to imagine. I try to imagine. Like, you know, with the big snot. Right. And tears just bulging out your eyes. And, and I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm like, uh, go ahead. Continue. So the mom is like, you know, Mark, what are you talking about? Um... Where do you think she went? You know, um, and, 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 and I might want to point this out too, DJ, because this is a good point. The mom said, right, that he didn't sound like he had overdrawn. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, uh-uh, uh-uh. I didn't mean, just sound like it. Common sense. I mean, you call the mom. I mean, you know, if you don't have anything to prove, uh, hi, should I say? You call the mom. Da 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 da. And I mean, if you that after that, then you start getting drunk. He wasn't drunk. I don't think he was drunk at all. I think it was a ditch effort to cover something up that he's did. And the police no. let it ride. We haven't even gotten exactly. to the police yet. And we haven't even gotten there yet, oh. you guys. We have so much. And so here's the thing, right? Getting back to Mark, not content. And then correct me if I'm wrong. But isn't it too much of a coincidence that at 8.07, her, her mother gets this text message from Amber's phone. I love you. I'm sorry. And then Mark calls five right minutes with right later, left. Mark comes I don't even think it was five oh, she minutes. left me. This and that. I could Mark. almost bet you Amber's phone was in Mark's hands. And then he called from his phone. From the Scioto River where her vehicle was found. From the Scioto River where her vehicle was found. Coincidence? Man. I think not. Okay, but fast forward that because clearly the Columbus Police Department didn't find that to be a coincidence, right? And we'll get into that too. So... Fast forward that, mom is like, oh my God, Mark, like, what do you mean? Talk to me. Where would she have gone? What, where do you guys normally hang out at? What do you guys normally do? You're on a date. You're hanging out. It's date night. Where would you go? He says specifically, they would go behind the substation over the train tracks by Sayota River. Is that not more detailed? I mean, come on. Oh I am just goodness. like, and, and again, you guys, this is this is coming from Tanya Fisher. This is the mother of Amber Evans. She did an interview on the Joe Madison show on Sirius XM. Hi, Joe. And this, and they did a very detailed interview. This came straight from the mother's. Mouth, she said it. 
Okay, this is what she said happened. And I don't believe for one second that Tanya has any reason to lie, to make up anything. She was very clear. You guys can listen to the interview, Joe Madison, and hear what she says. And of course, we'll have our additional information in the show notes. And so, you know, and and so DJ, I mean, I really want to just kind of focus in on that. Oh, well, we would go behind the substation over the train tracks by Scioto River. Oh, and lo and behold, it's a miracle. Here's her car. Thank you. That's what got me. Uh, But she was planning to go home because she was sick. Anybody else think that's weird? Because I most certainly think. So clearly them two was not on the same page. She's leaving work. Going home. She stopped by to get cold medicine. Why the hell is she going out by Scioto River if she was going home with her cold medicine and her candy bar snack? Not, why would she miss? Damn. She is executive director of the Justice Coalition. Why would she miss a very important meeting as the leader of that entire organization? Not only that, though, and I just broke up with you. She broke up with him, supposedly. Ooh. But yet, he knows where the car is. No, I don't think so. If you're going to leave somebody and you're going to call them by phone, you're not going to know exactly where I am because I'm probably with the next man, the next whatever. So at the end of the day, that just seems very odd that he would be able to lead the mother directly to where the car is Mm -hmm. and the car is right by the river. That really is, I mean, it's suspect. It's suspect. suspect. Very suspect. Not to mention, uh, continue, lady. I don't want to give it all away. Go ahead. So the mom, she goes right out there, okay? And I think we're talking, you know, downtown somewhere, Columbus, Ohio. And specifically, um, the mother said she went to to Broad Street by Genoa Park. That's in Columbus, Ohio, downtown somewhere. Mom finds car. And she calls her mother, which would have been Amber Evans' grandmother. Right. Mom, oh my God, Amber's missing. Just got a call from Mark. He's claiming he drunk everything in the house. He's sobbing like he just lost his best friend. And he, but yet he was able to tell me where the vehicle was. Okay, mom goes down there. Grandmother meets mom and we find the car. Police was already down there. This is where the interesting story of the Columbus, the police. Right. So let me. So do we know? Did Mark call the police? Did the mom call the police? How did the police get involved? When were they called? Asked that at the perfect time. So the police got involved with this situation because there was a reported domestic dispute. Oh, told you. Between Amber and Mark. Oh, and who called? Now, we don't know who called. Oh, yeah. The police is not giving that information. We do not know who called. Amber could have been attacked by Mark. Mark could have attacked Amber. We don't know. However, I do find it funny that the Columbus Police Department public information officer, her name is Denise Alex Bazonis said that she considered Amber to be quote unquote a distraught missing person, implying that Amber was the aggressor in this domestic dispute. Okay. Yet, implying. Okay, if anybody was listening, right, didn't we just say that Amber was at work all day? 
She left early, which would have been five o'clock because they had an evening meeting. And she said, you know what, guys? I'm going to sit this one out. I'm not feeling well today. We don't really know what was wrong with Amber. She got cold medicine, but the truth of the matter is she could have been pregnant. Sometimes you don't know your symptoms when you're pregnant. You think it's a cold. You think your body is just like, oh, I need some Theraflu, whatever. We don't really know what was going on with Amber, okay? But one thing we do know is that she was found on video at a store, and at 8.07, her mother received a text message. And we also know that there was a domestic violence call. Thank you. Which alerted police. So were they called to the home, the car? Do we know? Because that kind of makes a difference. And, and we do not know. We do know that Amber's cell phone was found the next day in the same area where her vehicle was found. So they did find a cell phone? They did find her cell phone. Okay. Boyfriend Mark hasn't talked since. And as a matter of fact, Tanya Fisher, again, Amber Evans' mother, she told Dateline that Amber's boyfriend in the past had been very close to the family. He was always at dinner, events like we all, you know, like we talked about. He was always there. And the only time that he wasn't there was when he was working. But since Amber has gone missing, he's been distant. Mm-hmm. Not said a whole Tanya lot to the has. family. Um, in fact, Tanya says that they're not on good terms with Mark at all. And I mean, and, and, and to play devil's though. advocate here, right? I mean, Mark's probably not going to be embracing to the family. Why? Usually, Hold on, Lady A. Why? Usually in a missing person, who do they always look at? Right, but again, I go back to the... If you have nothing to hide, then cooperate. Well, and This I'll is say, your woman over 10 that years. That is very true. That is very true. No, this is And I will tell you this. I have seen it where men or women, right? Because women are not exempt from this. Absolutely. I have seen it where men or women get extremely close to the family knowing good and well that they are the ones that has caused this death or this missing situation to even be in the first place. And it's because they don't want to look suspicious. So in a theory, you're kind of <laughs> damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? Yeah. If you come around and we find out you did it, oh, I knew that fool did it. You don't come around, oh, why that fool ain't coming around? You know what I'm saying? And we have a person that is dead or missing and they shouldn't be. And I guess it does happen. Um <laughs> Remember the junior case? Oh, you know what, (laughs) y'all? Okay. We gonna definitely cover that case. So. And it will blow you out of the water. It it, it definitely does happen. It still sends up red flags. Mm Mm-hmm. Your wife is missing, girlfriend, woman, whatever, and you're not helping. You're not cooperating. You're not. You're just not. That's weird. Yeah. The other weird thing, as we're kind of segueing into the police involvement, right? Because we're talking about the Columbus Police Department. So what do we know about that? They got involved because there was a domestic dispute, quote unquote. We don't know. There's nothing on record that we've seen that can cooperate that. We don't know who called, who shot John, whatever happened. We don't know anything about it. What we know is, is that that is what kind of started this whole... And see, here's the thing, Lady thing. A. 
We don't know, but someone does. The Somebody investigators know. Oh, the nine one one operators. We can't put two and two together. Um. Oh, this is where it really gets a sticky situation. So, the information that we have that we have to believe is. The, the information that we're given is that she was a distressed missing person. And that's all we have to go on. And keep in You're mind. You she's a director? A director for you. juvenile justice? Master's degree. And a... Advocate. Juvenile advocate. With the babies. It's not right. Saving with the our babies. next generation. Okay? Um... It don't make sense. And not to even mention that this is what the Columbus Police Department public information officer. And I think that is important for our our, our, our our viewers to know that keep in mind, you guys, the police only tells you what they want you to know. Yeah. It is yeah. not law. Yeah. Um, in okay. fact, we have literature, we, we have notes in regards to that with Amber's mother and the detective that's kind of disturbing that I thought also. Oh, sweet Jesus. Hold so on. let's hold back on, hold up. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's back up. Let's, let, let's walk them through it. Okay. Right. So we're going to walk through mom calls this. the grandmother. We're at the Sayota Mile. We're at the Sayota Mile River, right? Um, the cops the, are involved mm-hmm. now. The cops were there because... They, because of this domestic dispute, and I still got questions about that, because I ain't never seen police go out and look for somebody at the domestic dispute, but whatever, yeah, okay? it's strange. So, it's, it's strange. very strange, okay? So, let's start from there. So, Lady A, was Mark there? Mark was there. Mark was there. So, did Mark tell the mother that the police were on the scene, or no? He or? never... Well, I will say this. We don't have information. If he did, we do not have information to support whether or not he did. Okay. We don't have any information to support whether or not he called the police on the domestic dispute or Amber called the police on the domestic dispute. I, personally, myself, and I know this sounds very biased, I would think Amber probably was the one. However, I don't know that. Because if she did attack him, I would have to think there would be a reason. Like, maybe she he was stalking her. Maybe, because if he's calling her mother and saying, oh my God, she left me, it's over for real, I can't believe it, I'm drunk. But he didn't say the police. People do things that's irrational. So, here, so he's drunk, was he in the house or was he at the side of the mouse? A lot of things that's not adding up. That is all TBD. Okay. We do not know. Okay. We do know that Mark called Tanya and we can only report back what Tanya reported back to them. Right. So, fast forward that, we're all at the Scioto River. Okay? It's Mark, it's the mother, Tanya Fisher, the grandmother, she is there. And at this point, it's 11 o'clock at night, okay? The boyfriend, I'm sorry, not the boyfriend, the vehicle of Amber was found at the river, her purse was in the trunk, and the police was there. They were searching. They were looking. They had identified the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, the and keep in mind, you guys, that the police is not considering her a um, like a, a murder victim, like she's been murdered or anything like that. That's they're what just I don't understand. Considering why? Her as a missing person. Oh, because it hasn't been 24 right. hours? Or? Well, they're just considering her as a distraught missing person. Mm. And so what? So to break that down. What they're thinking is, okay, she got into it with her boyfriend. She may have attacked him. She may not have. But for whatever reason, she is not thinking clearly and she's run off because she wants to avoid um, 
an encounter with the police. Lady, hey, she didn't attack him. Let's not say that. Mm-mm. No. No, I, I said this is what I, no, the police may be mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. When they say oh, this That's absolutely what they were thinking. Oh, yeah. I feel like they were thinking they got rid of another black activist, but I'm a um Exactly. Re- re- exactly. Digress. And and this is theory, right? Because that's what we're talking about, what we think happened. Because Amber is missing. We really don't know. It's up to us to to find out what happened to Where's her. Amber? Evans. Not sure. Big mystery. If, if I had anybody, to guess, yes. I would think she was at the bottom of the Toyota River. If anybody knows anything, reach out. Let us know. Let Mark, us know. for God's sake. Let us know. What are you doing? Mark's not doing anything. Mark and his family is moving on like Amber never yeah. even existed. Walk them through that. So let's, I keep we're gonna, to, we're mm. gonna, so let's, let's back up a second because I want to just make sure I get this information out here. Because somebody may know something. So, the whole group of people. You got the police. You got Amber's grandmother. You got Amber's mother. You got Mark, the boyfriend. All out in the Scioto River. They do find her car. Her car was locked. Okay? That is very important. That is very important. Um, they did find the cold medicine. And my notes do tell me that she bought that cold medicine from Kroger grocery store that is kroger grocery store oh okay, okay. kroger okay so she did That's buy it from kroger um listen was the cold medicine open it wasn't an overdose they never said they never said okay. but her vehicle doors were locked which means somebody ran out to go kill themselves i don't think they would be locking their doors right i mean would it really matter maybe it would i don't know but no. she did my she did buy the medicine at kroger okay and so um the other really big point of interest here is that it's really weird that they found the cold medicine in the car, but her purse was locked in her trunk. And so one of the things that I kind of want to bring up about this point is because on the Joe Madison show, Tanya Fisher, her mother, did indicate that anytime, and this is not uncommon for women, anytime that we're like not wanting to deal with our purse or we're walking on the beach or we're walking through the mall or we're doing all kinds of different things, oftentimes women will put their purses in the trunk and only have their ID. I know I have certainly done it. I do it quite a bit. And, you know, that is not uncommon. However, in this particular situation, I think it's a little bit uncommon because unless she was there with somebody, there would have been no reason, excuse or justification as to why she would get out of her vehicle and put her purse in her trunk if she wasn't walking with somebody. Yeah, I'm like you. The only two scenarios would be if she was getting out walking. Um, either that or maybe getting in and jumping in with another, another was Mark there point. was Mark there he was at the scene he was at the scene he was there That's when her it. mother showed up I don't know because the question becomes for the Columbus Police Department okay if you're saying that right now foul play is not suspected and uh, I'm sorry you guys we're jumping ahead who or why do you think Amber would kill herself she just got promoted in January. <laughs> Three weeks after her promotion, she disappears? Yeah, that's not like and, and then out of all the ways to kill yourself, you're going to go jump into a river? Not even an ocean, y'all. A river. Yeah, that's not likely. I mean, it's looking, not likely. Looking here at the... 
paperwork. You guys can go on Facebook. I, I don't know if the post is still up, though. On her first day of work, she's on here with all her track medals with the number one sign And what did up. she say? Um, on her Facebook page. Ohio is for champions, and I used to be something of a track star, Evans wrote, wearing my old medals before starting day one as executive director of the Juvenile Justice Coalition. Was a nice reminder of that. Um... Not sounding like somebody who wants to kill themselves. Sounds like a winner to me. It doesn't. We need to find Amber. Something's going on. Foul play. Uh, And I hate to jump to conclusions, but I mean, I'm a common sense person. Common sense tells you, oh, oh, Lady A, you didn't even say the police found the car, Mm -hmm. but didn't even take it into evidence. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. They actually released the car to Amber Evans' mother. Amber's mother drove the car. Anybody who's anybody who's anybody. No one should have been. You do not have to be a police officer or a homicide detective to know. But see, I'm going to tell you this, DJ. I've seen this. This is not uncommon. (laughs) Police find people who they want to find. They Mm. investigate crimes that they want to investigate. If they don't have any interest in you or your case, they won't. So Ooh, you touched on something really good. Talk about the um pushback that the mother got from the and I'll tell uh, you, CPD it's just detective. terrible. What's that detective's name? Put it's him out terrible. there. I'll put him out and, there. And I, right, because you know what, DJ, you make a very good point. I think that we do need to be able to understand the scrutiny and just the um the sheer disrespect. Uh, that Tanya Fisher, Amber Evans's mother, um, encountered with the Columbus the Police Department. The po- the police uh, officer, homicide detective that um, Tanya's mother dealt with was Detective O'Connor. Arrogant ass O'Connor. Arrogant asshole. Point blank period. O'Connor, I hope you're listening. You, what you did to that woman is a disgrace. And I really feel like your badge should be taken for the type of scrutiny and foolishness that you have put her through. So, and then again, you guys, we're not making this up. This comes directly from Tanya Fisher, Amber Evans' mother. Let's recap. Amber Evans, missing, 28 years old, been missing since January 28, 2019. Executive Director, of the Juvenile Justice um, Coalition in Columbus, Ohio. She's been at that organization since 2015. Master's degree, um, leader, everything. Juvenile leader, everything. And so now she's missing. The police department does not take her case serious because she's had encounters where she stood up to the police. She fought against the um, stand your ground law, things of that nature that the police was kind of pushing for and she was pushing against. She won that battle. She's gotten the other laws where governor, former governor John Kasich has signed against the police. All of these things. Now she's missing. And guess who she needs to come through for her? More specifically, Lady A, talk in regards to the conversation between Amber's mother and the detective. I want the listeners to hear this. This is unacceptable. They this need to know what we're talking about. This is absolutely unacceptable. 
So, Detective O'Connor of the Columbus Police Department was assigned to investigate the situation with Amber. Um, first of all, they never impounded her car, okay? So, we talked about that. They allowed her parents to drive it off the same night that um, she went missing. And Detective um, Lead, Detective O'Connor, stopped communicating with the family, period. You know, normally they contact you every other day, every week, whenever they get a lead, whatever, whatever. Um, and as a matter of fact, whenever Tanya Fisher would reach out to Detective O'Connor, he would make comments to say, well, you know so, what? Either, either Amber reset her life or she committed suicide. Okay, so he... Okay, now what? The lead detective said what? That she either reset her life or committed suicide. <laughs> I know. It's like really... And so, Again. I mean, in, in retrospect, a mom is like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? What evidence? I would be mad as hell. Exactly. She's all like, well, how are you so sure that um, Amber committed suicide? And, and, you know, to fast forward that, because the lead detective was very disrespectful to the point that the mom went to the lead sergeant and said that I cannot work with him. Like, we cannot even get along. We cannot get on the same page. And so now, um, she is working with only uh, Sergeant Dan Weaver and Commander Brennan. Okay? no, um, Detective O'Connor is no longer on the case. And Tanya Fisher, Amber's mother, only deals with Sergeant Weaver, who calls her one to two times a week. But look at all that had to go through. You have a cop who's supposed to be finding your daughter, but yet he's over here running around talking about some, well, she must have killed herself or just ran off the I can't believe that. I'd have read him the riot act. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That makes me mad. That pisses me off something royally. Not to mention another reason why he was removed from the case is because he had brought up another missing case, right? that involved a young white girl who had went missing. And they were saying that she went missing in the Scioto River. They went yeah, looking I, for yeah, her. Yeah, he didn't bring it up in the conversation. This was a different case that happened like maybe a week later or two later. And they feel like, they feel like what now? They feel like that they gave more attention to, to the, her. Uh -huh. Exactly. Because she was also missing in the Scioto River. So, you know, you guys, just to do a quick backup, when they found Amber's car there at the Scioto River, it was, uh, of course, January. So it was very cold, rainy, snowy outside. The waves are going. There was no real calmness to the water. And so the police made a business decision at that time to not go into the water to go looking for her. They were saying that they wanted to make sure that the water was calm and it was safe for the divers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they did, however, send out cadaver dogs and um, search teams and things of that nature to go kind of look for her around in the surrounding areas. Um, and we'll have more information for you guys to take a look at in the show notes. But I just wanted to point that out that it wasn't like any no one ever went to go look for her, but they didn't look for her in the areas in which it would have been critical, which would have been the water, since they consider her a quote unquote distraught missing person. So 
wanted to bring that up at that point. Mark has not been identified or named as a suspect or a person of interest by the Columbus Police Department. Yeah, so talk about Mark in the house. So, after Amber goes missing, because keep in mind, you guys, that Amber and Mark both shared an apartment. They actually had um, one of Amber's friends who um, stayed with them at the time. Um, a fellow activist. A fellow that activist. Uh-huh. Somebody and that was very close friends with Amber. She didn't have a place to stay. Close to the mom. She, close, close to, to the, the mother. Close to the family. And... She did not have a place to stay, so she asked Amber and Mark if it would be okay if she stayed there for a couple of months until she found a place. They agreed. And so, since Amber has went missing, Mark has opted to give up the apartment, which essentially left Amber's friend with no place to live, even though she had been paying them to um, stay there. Uh, yeah, not just opted to give up the apartment. Um, it's been less than 30. Well, now I think we're at the 50 mark day, but um, mm-hmm. less than 30 days in. Um, he was okay with yeah, just giving up the place like where Amber left. We don't one. know if Amber's uh, dead, alive. We don't know where Amber is. Exactly. And he's um, seemingly moved on with his life and kicked the roommate out, Amber's best friend out. Not to mention Mark did not participate in any of the search Searches for Amber. He, um, him and his family have opted not to speak publicly to any of the news outlets to kind of give their side of the story, a Mark side of the story. And I do also think that this is a very important point. Mark is Caucasian. Okay, Mark is not black. Mark is white, even though Amber is black. Amber's Mark mixed. Is white. Right, Amber is mixed. Um, Amber has a... Well, they are identifying I mean, her as African-American. thanks for saying that, Lady A, but uh, again, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, or other. Real is real. If you're with this person, you love this person, you help define this person, you'll do anything that you can for this person. And it just pisses me off when things like this happens, and it's obvious it was foul play something happened what because she's a young black activist um with a bachelor's you don't want anything to do with her you don't want to find her because she went against the columbus police department because she's um um out here uh in the fight for juvenile justice it's absurd oh yeah and, and it's very sad i mean it really is um They've even involved Congresswoman Joyce Beatty into this situation. Yeah, which is what thank you, Joyce Beatty. We've, yeah. Once they reached out to Joyce Beatty, the Congresswoman from Ohio, that's when the ball start rolling. Yeah. In fact, it was my understanding that the mother said she thinks that's when the investigation started. started. Yeah. A week after. Yeah. So they got to run around for a week. They called Joyce Beatty and her people, and then they immediately got to sit down with the mm-hmm. CPD. They immediately uh, ball started rolling. And they immediately removed O'Connor from the case. Um, but O'Connor never lost his job. I don't believe O'Connor was ever reprimanded for what he did and what he put Tanya through O'Connor's in terms a snake. of missing your daughter. Okay, at this point, damn the disagreements that you guys had in time but see this is what happens when racism plays a card and a hand and missing murdered whatever people when there's an issue and i'm really i'm gonna go ahead and say this and i'm just gonna kind of close it out here but i'm gonna say Say this i really believe that this is exactly why 
The African-American community and the police department do not have a good relationship. This is one of the reasons why. Because as soon as somebody speaks out about the police department, as soon as somebody says anything that is not in line with what they feel like should be said, then they completely dismiss you. They're like, oh, what, you need our help now when you were just talking shit about us? Amber, and see, in Amber's case, she wasn't, quote unquote, talking trash about the police department. She was simply pointing I'm gonna out tell you what it was. the discrepancies in the police department that was causing our juvenile or our young people I'm tell you to have these negative encounters. Yeah, um, I'll bet my last check. She was in their, their way. She was in their way. She was in the way of them passing this um, Stand Your Ground Law. Mm -hmm. She was in their way in regards to the Juvenile Justice Act. Yeah, you're not going to be treating our black boys any kind of way. Our youth, period. Yeah. She was just in the way. Yeah. Anytime, to piggyback off your point, anytime we say something, it's a problem. And that has to stop. Absolutely. It has to stop and it's going to stop today and with this podcast. Anything that we can do, we need to find Amber. We need to find everyone. We need to just just, just stop this nonsense, get on one accord and do the right thing. That's right. For a change. And we need to stick together. Okay? If you know something, to me, there is no... I mean, if you know something, if this was your people that was missing you would, you would want, want somebody justice. to say something you would want all this stop snitching stop lying foolishness has to end because if this it it, it's cool that. it's cool well within the police we department the police. i feel like it is because they have a code they have their own internal code and what did i tell you the code was it's better to be judged by 12 than carried by six and that is the code of the police department they do not care I think that's just the street code. That's right? just but the street code. Okay. They have truly adopted the street code. Like, really? You're supposed to be out here protected and serving. That's another show because we know who's infiltrated the police department. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We, we ain't even... That's a whole nother situation. But, you know, really... And, and here's the thing. Amber is a beautiful young lady who's really dedicated her life to benefiting and helping other people um in a way she has really focused a lot on really kind of building up her local community starting at home one of the things that i do want to kind of bring up and we've got about a few minutes left one of the things i kind of want to talk about in today's um podcast kind of wrapping this up is the mental health aspect of community activists and organizers. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I think that it's very important that we understand it is not easy. Everybody can't lead <laughs> an organization. Everybody can't lead a cause. Um, I mean, I think more or less it's just um, you have to keep yourself healthy yeah, too as an yep. activist. Amber, I don't really feel like she had anything because at the end of the day, I feel like the cops didn't do her job. And yes... Um, with the, with the activist job, it, it, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of... And a third, but I don't want to take the focus off that the cops didn't do their job. Point blank, period. That Mark was never fully vetted, nope. in my opinion. That when the mother said, hey, well, are you looking at Mark? Oh, well, he's not a suspect. Oh, well, in my opinion, she just changed her life and ran off. Yeah. The cops didn't do that. They felt Amber. Absolutely, we're going to speak on the mental health aspect of activists or whatnot. But I... I for some, I just don't think that this was the case. And if it was, again, 
Mark didn't do his job. He's supposed to be there for his woman. And I don't even think that, I think that, I think it just, again, attests to the kind of person that Amber Evans was. Oftentimes we can get out here, we can make these phone calls to our local leaders, or we can call and, and we it becomes can overwhelming. even get out get here it. and stand out here and say, I'm protesting for the cause, I'm going to stay here. But it does become overwhelming. It does. And I it think could. that, again, attests to the focus and the drive and the ambition and that I'm never giving up mindset that Amber had. There is no way nobody will ever make me believe that Amber Evans ever walked away from her life or ever committed suicide. Ever. Unless you can prove factually that that is what happened. And and I, I think that she's a strong, tough young lady. She's been doing this for a very long time. She deserves justice. And we deserve to know what happened to her. And that's it. Now, we do got some information. I want to just make sure that we put this out. If you have any information about Amber, again, Amber disappeared on January 28th. After leaving work um, on January 28, 2019, she is 28 years old. She is she is a height of 5'5", five five, and she weighs 122 pounds. We don't have any other information in terms of a step closer into determining where she Her is. Her car was last seen um, at the, what? Scioto River. River. Exactly. And if you guys have any, if somebody knows something. If you have any information, please reach out to Sergeant Dan Weaver, Commander Brennan. The phone number is 614-645-4624. Please contact the Columbus Police Department. You can remain anonymous. Okay? Yes, yes. Also, you don't have to say your name. Yep. Also, shout out Roland Martin and Joe Madison. Thank you Besides to Roland Martin them, and Joe Madison for no giving this information. No other yes. media outlet has covered Amber Evans. You Except have to ask Dateline. yourself why. Thank you, you to Dateline. You have to ask yourself why. Yep. Um, exactly. And it's sad. You know, you guys, I mean, we have our own internal speculations. You'll hear that a lot on this show because people are missing. We want answers. We want to know what happened. And we want to get that closure for Amber and her family. We want to know. So if you guys, again, if you know anything, call 614-645-4624. Ask for Sergeant Dan Weaver or Commander Brennan. Let's find Amber Evans, y'all. Let's find Amber. Next week, make sure you tune in to episode two, where we will be discussing the unsolved murders of R&B singer Yolanda Lala Brown and her producer boyfriend, Jatan Kool-Aid Claiborne. Lala Brown was an up-and-coming star in the hip-hop community who had just had success as the lead singer on Life Jennings' song, S.E.X., but she would never have the chance to reach true stardom because she was brutally murdered in a Milwaukee recording studio. In the days leading up to Lala Brown and Kool-Aid's murder, Lala had been receiving threatening phone calls and reportedly was looking to relocate to another apartment complex. 
Lala Brown, Kool-Aid Claiborne, Murdered in America. <laughs>